This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I am Dylan Hafer And boy, do we have a special episode today uh, In just a few minutes, you are going to hear the sweet dulcet tones of Lisa Barlow's voice coming through your ears because yes, she was in the studio. I had a chance to talk to her about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City premiere. But first of all, I just want to share some of my thoughts because there's a lot to unpack. And I mean, I got into a lot of it with Lisa, but there just was not even time to get to everything. And what a season premiere it was. I I have to be honest. I was really nervous when we found out that Salt Lake went essentially straight back into filming after the season three reunion because with the imprisoning of Jen and everything that was attached to that, it just felt like there was a lot of baggage following this franchise. And it's tough. It's tough to go through season after season of a certain show with the same kind of weight hanging around its neck. And I think that you know, watching this premiere, it feels like they did a good job of acknowledging the absence of Jen and sort of the chaos that she left in her wake, but also sort of resetting the tone and moving it forward and kind of bringing it for a new era of Salt Lake. I talked to Lisa about this, but it I do think the casting, it seems solid thus far. Angie Kay, I was, I was intrigued by her at the end of last season. I don't really feel like we got a ton of detail about her. I know they they brought in these three women kind of at the end of the season to, I don't know, do something, but it didn't feel like they really existed in their own spheres like they only were conjoining parts of you know she knows Meredith and Jen and she knows Whitney and XYZ and so with Angie I am interested this season to see kind of how she handles being her own person on this show and to be honest in the premiere we didn't really get that not in a sense that she did anything wrong but just like they didn't do that yet. And so I'm I'm hoping in the next few episodes that we really get to see more of her and her husband, Sean, I believe. And, you know, she has kids and, you know, sort of seeing all the what makes Angie tick. Because I, I feel like I I like her vibe just fine. But we don't really know kind of what's what makes her tick, what's under the surface, what's who she really is as a person. Meanwhile, our new housewife, Monica, oh boy, she is somebody who 
definitely gives off like made in a lab for reality TV stars vibes. She's a 38 year old single mom of four who's currently going through a divorce from the same person for a second time after they got divorced because she quote found herself in an entanglement and then they got divorced and then they got back together. Now they're getting divorced again. But more importantly, I'm sure we'll get to know her situation. She was a fucking witness in the case of the United States versus Jennifer Shaw. (sighs) Oh my God. Maybe some people knew this. I don't, I don't know if this was 100% a secret, but it was a secret to me because I was watching, I was watching this premiere and I was like, what? Let me just say, this woman better have, she better have double locks on her doors. She better have, I don't know if she needs a a bulletproof vest or some extra protections, perhaps. Because testifying against Jen Shah is, I'd be scared. I don't know what that lady can do. This is a really inspired move on the part of the casting team because there were a lot of people over the last couple seasons who were peripheral to Jen that we met on the show. Monica, as far as I know, was not one of them. I don't think we've seen her really on the show before. So she's not a character that was in the background that we're bringing to the front. She's a a new person that they found who was this deeply involved with Jen to get a heads up from her friend who's a federal whatever to get the fuck away from Jen to not, you know, put anything in her name, to not do anything with money. And then two months later she was arrested and then she was a witness against her. This is sort of a, an evil genius casting move, I think, because like I said, they're acknowledging the hole that Jen has left. And it's almost like Monica is the the proxy to fill that role. And, you know, she has the the over-the-top glam and, you know, energy to fill that spot, but sort of in the opposite direction, at least based on her experience with Jen. But at the same time, she talks multiple times in this premiere about things that Jen told her, about Jen's opinions of people. And I mean, for this reason, if I was one of these other women who didn't really know Monica before this season, I would not trust this girl as far as I could throw her. Why on earth would you open up or get close to somebody who has all of this? She Okay. So she says she has dark secrets about people in the group, specifically Lisa's marriage, because of things that Jen told her. But then later, at Heather's brunch, she says that Jen never said anything nice about Heather. But also, Jen didn't say anything nice about anyone. But also, everything that Jen said was bullshit. And, you know, I I talk about this with Lisa a little bit, but it's like, You can't have it both ways. You can't say that everything Jen said is a lie or potentially a lie. And then also be like, well, I know for a fact that Lisa's marriage is shitty because Jen said it. 
and I think that this is something where, you know, we've only seen a couple scenes of her on the show so far, but already it feels like she's sort of painting herself into this corner of like, yeah, Jen was psycho and fuck, fuck that, right? But then also you're using the information that she gave you to, to try and act like you have a leg up on these people. Actually, this is a le- okay. It's like a legal thing. I watched a lot of The Good Wife during quarantine. What is it? It's like Fruit of the Poison Tree. Fruit of the Poisonous Tree. Okay. <laughs> it makes evidence inadmissible in court if it was derived from evidence that was illegally obtained. Okay. So maybe this isn't like 100% the same. But I just feel like if you're saying that like Jen was the most untrustworthy person, then none of the secrets that she told you are admissible in court either. Admissible in court, meaning like in the court of housewives law. And I think that Monica needs to figure that out because she can't go through this whole season just referencing things that Jen told her. Like you gotta, you have to exist as yourself within the group. And clearly Jen's, you know, rumors and stuff don't carry much weight anymore. I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how it goes. Meanwhile, Mary's back. Oh my God. Is Mary ever back? Because she is right off the bat. She's telling us her, her son has a girlfriend, but everybody says it's his wife, but she doesn't know. She hasn't gotten a chance to ask him. The producer's like, don't you, doesn't he live in your house? And she's like, yeah, yeah. She says Robert Sr. has been gone in Vegas for quite a while maybe six months producer asks how was that for you she goes it was good <sighs> mary cosby never change so mary has basically not been in touch with the other women in the group besides meredith since she left the show last <sighs> and i do love the detail that clearly whitney and lisa have no heads up no idea that she's coming back Mary is a a tough person, <laughs> tough person to be friends with, a tough person to coexist with. And I'm, I'm curious, kind of in this friend role, she was very present in the premiere. I assume we're not going to get really get solo scenes or introspection into her personal life. But let's be honest, did we really get much of that before? Not particularly. She sat in her closet a lot, but I don't feel like I really knew what was going on with her deep down. So this this type of role where she can come in make a few jabs, a few wayward comments, and then kind of keep it moving. I'm down for that. I like that. I like that side of Mary. Meanwhile, the the biggest feud that we have brewing in this premiere, which surprised me, is Meredith and Whitney. And mainly because Meredith is upset about this interview that Whitney did with the New York Post, where she called into question the couple's bathtub scene between Meredith and Seth last season saying that it's dirty and there's a lot of DNA in a bathtub. Okay. First of all, it's not that serious. It's not that deep. And I, I love Meredith for making a mountain out of a molehill, but like, come on. But the impression of Whitney that Meredith does when she's reading this page six article is so fucking funny. She's like, I think, I thought there was DNA in the bathtub. I just love when Meredith is in like sarcastic, I don't give a fuck mode. It's the best. It is the best. Overall, this premiere, I feel like everybody is coming to play this season. 
there's lingering stuff. Obviously, Whitney and Heather aren't great. Meredith and Lisa still aren't great. Heather still seems to have a bone to pick with Angie Kay about the Barbie scissor kicks rumor from last season. But overall, I, I'm intrigued. I'm excited. And I'm glad. Stick around because right after this, Lisa Barlow. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. The weather is getting warmer, so it's time to ditch those jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found Quince. Now I've got high quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Now that it's getting warmer, I just stocked up on the Quince Cotton Modal t-shirts. I love a black t-shirt that's the right balance of looking really nice, but feeling really comfortable. It's 50% cotton, 50 percent modal. It's lightweight. It's breathable. It has a little stretch to it, but it looks so put together. I also just stocked up on more of my favorite Quince socks because let's be honest, I am at the point in my life where I don't need to have any socks in my closet that have holes in them. I'm getting the Quince ones that are going to last me a long time. They're just the perfect staple to have in your wardrobe. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which I just love. Upgrade your wardrobe today. Go to quince.com mention for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot mention to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash mention. Everyone, I am so excited to be joined now in studio once again by Ms. Lisa Barlow. Hello. Hey, hey. Congrats on the new season. The it's premiere. So good. It's really good. Everybody, I think, is going to really like it. How does it feel to be back for season four of this crazy journey? You know, it's so crazy because in one regard, it feels like we were just on air. And then the other regard, it feels like we haven't been on air forever. So it's kind of crazy. Like there's so many emotions going into this season. Yeah. And the last couple of years for your cast especially have been such a whirlwind, so much going on both on the show, 
outside in the real world. Do you feel like for this season, everybody was able to kind of reset a little bit for another go around? Or was it really like, did it feel like hectic while you were in it? It felt like a reset. I feel like there was a weight lifted and I feel like, yeah, there was a good reset. That's a good way to put it too. It definitely was a reset. Yeah. I think when last season was ending, like when you did the reunion, I remember we had Heather in like at the very end of the season and she was like, I don't know. I think we're going to need a minute. Like we're going to need to take some time and kind of like figure out where, you know, everything lies. And you, you didn't really do that. Oh no, there was no minute. There was like seconds. Yeah. We got right back into (laughs) filming and you know, it was crazy for me too, because we do a lot of events year round and then Sundance, everyone is like, you know, it's a big deal. So everyone comments on that, but I was doing Sundance. I was filming. I was, you know, being a mom and dealing with like mom stuff. So there's a lot going on. And I think for Heather too, um, and some of the other girls that were closer with Jen, I feel like it felt crazy for them too, because we just went through that roller coaster with her. Right. And I think, I mean, I have to imagine you're sort of on this ride and they, they tell you, okay, we're going to start filming, you know, X date, here's the contract, (laughs) here's where to show up. Like, were you kind of hoping for a little bit of a break or was it? I would have loved one more month. I think if we had four more weeks, it could have been like a full recovery period. But just getting back into it, because I started filming a little bit before the other girls because they sent out a crew for Sundance. So for me, I felt like I didn't even get a breath. It was three weeks. Yeah. You know, we did the reunion. It's still airing. And then three weeks later, like I'm filming. And then we had like a couple weeks off and then it was full time back into it. So it yeah. was fun to see a little bit of uh, Lisa Barlow Sundance mode in the premiere. <laughs> I wish we could show so much more, but they're competing networks right. and and events. And a lot of people love privacy, especially when you're like talent at Sundance. You don't want the world seeing like your private moments too, where you're just lounging and hanging out. But um, Sundance is definitely amazing. I love it still. Um, I still work a lot. And I don't know if everyone realizes that, but I'm like full-time like everything. I think honestly, your cast is really impressive in the sense of a lot of you came on the show with these fully formed, you know, Mm -hmm. business identities and careers and, you know, seeing Heather's second location being open this season and the book, obviously. And, you know, Meredith still has her store in Park City after all these years and you doing all the stuff with Vita and everything else that you do. Like, how do you feel like you guys are able to kind of balance the, I mean, it really is a full-time thing to be in this housewives world. Oh, it's so full-time. I think when we started, they were like, oh, you'll film like three days a week, like maybe four, four hours a day. And then it really takes over. And I think after season one and partly into season two, I was like, I have to have a better schedule. I have to like switch some things around. And I don't overcommit myself anymore. I think that's a big thing where I like wanted to be at everything, do everything and where I'm very selective now, I think that helps, but you definitely have to juggle. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like emotionally too, like you don't just leave a scene, you don't just leave filming with someone and say like, oh my gosh, like I'm gonna turn this off. You don't turn it off. Right, and also like I, I've heard a lot of people talk about what we might see as like a five or 10 minute event or dinner or something on the show. That's like hours, hours. of time. Yeah. Yeah. Hours. The minutes are always hours. And it's <laughs> it's crazy, but it's hard. And like we've all maintained doing our jobs like outside of housewives and, you know, being a housewife. It's a lot. Yeah. 
So this season, I feel like it's kind of the biggest cast shakeup a little bit that you've had yet on the show. Angie Katzenavis is full-time this year. How did you feel about Angie's transition into this full-time role this season? Obviously, you guys have a good friendship. Yeah, we have a great friendship. And honestly, I felt like she was full-time last year. (laughs) So for me, it was just like an extension. I think she is great for the group, and I enjoy her, so I'm happy about it. But it was deserved. Yeah, I'm excited to get to know her a little better this Mm -hmm. season because I think, you know, we kind of saw her in the group dynamic toward the end of last season a lot. And it definitely feels like there's more to more to get to know there. Yeah, she's definitely got a cool story. And um, I think her family dynamic and like, you know, just like me and John, she and Sean, her husband work together. So I think that adds a lot of dimension and depth to your relationship because you're in everything together. And I think she's fun. I love Angie. Yeah. I love the couples on this show. Like, I think you guys all really have a different flavor, you know, Mm -hmm. seeing like Meredith and Seth and Whitney and Justin and you and John over the course of the seasons. It it really feels like we have like these little, you know, separate worlds that we're totally separate worlds. Yeah. Your family is obviously, you know, in a state of flux a little bit this season with Mm -hmm. uh, your son and, you know, everything that's going on with him. How does it feel? Think I was thinking when I watched the premiere, like to see him be 18. It's nuts. And I mean, it's only been a few years that we've known you guys from watching the show. But like even like 15 to 18 feels like such a big. Huge. It goes by so fast. You know, like when when you first have a baby, everyone's like, it goes by in a blank, like blank and it'll be over. It literally feels like that. And it's crazy because I was teaching him how to drive on camera and Like, I'll never forget that day, too. If they showed the whole thing, it was scary. Like, we were going up a mountain at night with all these lights in our car. And I'm like, it's so nuts that we're, like, at this point where he's ready to do his own thing and have his own identity and to be his own person. And it's nuts because you feel all the feels. You're like, oh, my gosh, I want you home forever. And then you're also, like, excited for their next chapter because mine was great at his age. So you're, like, excited to see – like, I'm excited to see what he does and – you know, like what he creates and how he does it. We've seen so many housewives over the years in this position that you're in where it's like, you know, your kids are becoming their own people and making, you know, going off and making their own choices. And it's, it's, it always feels like, like a fresh wound every time. It does. I was with Giselle in LA right after she had sent her daughter off to college because she left early, like midsummer. And just like knowing like how it feels as a mom to like send your child off or away I mean, it's like crazy and you can't explain it until you've gone through it, but it is, it's like, you know, it's like your heart breaks. Yeah. Like I was feeling all the feels for Giselle because I'm like, I know what you're going through. And Melissa Gorga with her daughter. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I thought at one point our kids would be at school together at the University of Miami. Oh my God. That would have been crazy. (laughs) Crazy. So fun. Next generation. Yeah, next generation. (laughs) No, I feel like Jack wants nothing to do with that. No. Yeah, you know, when he said fudge college, I didn't take it seriously. He Mm. meant fudge college. Like, he was on his own journey. You know, with him deciding to go on a mission, it was so nuts for us because we didn't even know that was an option. Like, we asked him once, like, long time ago, like, years ago, like, hey, do you think you want to go on a mission? He said, nope. And so we just took it as like not an option. So yeah. the fact that we were like shocked with this and I think everyone in Utah knew he was going but us. Yeah. The people at the gym, people in a school, people on vacations, like everybody. Well, it's tough. It's tough to not feel like you kind of 
have the best handle on everything that's going on, I imagine. Oh yeah. When like, I know how to get things done. I know how to like make things happen. And I'm like, I had no control over this. And I think it was at first I was super hurt because I'm like, how does everybody know? Like our friends knew his suit maker, who's like one of his good friends knew like in one of our good friends. And he asked everyone to like, keep it quiet because he literally wanted something that was just his, where he's like, this is my choice. Nobody else impacted my decision, but I was shocked. Mm -hmm. Like shocked. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about Monica. Yes. Who's new this season. Yes. And you guys have a very interesting kind of meeting in the premiere episode because you're with Angie and there's, you know, you guys have been met each other before, been around each other before, but then it sort of feels like there's a disconnect on maybe how well you know each other or what the situation was. What was what was going through your mind kind of in those first couple meetings with Monica. You know, I had very limited interactions with Monica. She was pleasant to me, but my two interactions with Monica were me, Heather, Jen, and Meredith all were having a side conversation about like who said what, like what was going on. Jen called me screaming. I three-way called Meredith and I'm like, Meredith, listen to what Jen's saying that Heather said. And I mean, it was that ridiculous. And Jen got really upset in true Jen fashion and like through the phone, Monica picked it up and was like, Hey guys, sorry, Jen through the phone. So that was like my first interaction with her and conversation with her. And my second one was season one, the reunion. Uh Um, I was at the airport. Jen forgot some things that she needed. And she asked Monica to meet me at the airport to drop those off. We were in the parking garage. I almost missed my flight because she was trying to get in the parking garage and find me. And she had, um, these props for Jen for the reunion that she didn't even use. But um, that's like my second interaction with Monica. And then um, about a year and a half ago, I was at an event that Vita was sponsoring and we just stopped by for like an hour and Monica was there, but I didn't even know it was her because the first time I had met her, she looked completely different. She had like pale white skin, blonde hair, and she didn't look like the same person. And I honestly didn't even know who she was because she's like, oh, I haven't seen you since the airport. And I was like, Angie, I was with Angie Castanevas and I'm like, who is that? I have no idea who that is. At first I'm like, did I, was I nice to her at the airport? Who is this girl? And then I figured out and I'm like, oh my gosh, Angie's like, I think it's Monica. And so it was Monica, but very brief, limited interactions with her. Yeah. So it seems like maybe you have uh, different versions of, you know. Um, I have the truth (laughs) version. (laughs) There's one version and it's the truth and that's what it is. I thought it was interesting. So she brought up in that scene, you know, in her confessional that she's, heard all this stuff from from Jen about mm-hmm. you and about everybody else. And, you know, she says dark secrets that are weighing mm-hmm. on her. But then later in the episode, she meets Heather and she's like, well, Jen never said anything nice about Heather, but Jen didn't say anything nice about anyone. Everything she said was bullshit. And it's like, contradicting yourself. Are, are they dark secrets that, you know, she knows about you? Or is it everything that Jennifer said was bullshit? Um, I think it's everything that Jennifer said that was bullshit because we don't know, none of us really knew Monica well. Right. So I'm like, what deep, nobody has deep, dark secrets. I mean, they've tried to air fake secrets. I mean, everything like you saw, like I don't do anything for jazz tickets. I didn't do anything to fund our business. And, you know, it seems funny now at the time it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're saying this about me. But I mean, there, there isn't any deep, dark secrets. So it was interesting. Yeah. It was interesting for me to see that. Did you, so obviously, you know, you don't know what someone's saying in their confessional interviews, like while you're filming. No idea. 
did you get a sense, I mean, obviously we'll see how the season unfolds, but that Monica kind of had these conflicted feelings about you and maybe other people in the group? Um, she's very theatrical. So I think, I believe that she was like trying to be kind to me and a friend getting to know me. That's what I believed initially. Yeah. Yeah. Initially. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how, uh, how her first season plays out. Yeah. I think, um, you know, Jen was her muse and I think, um, she loved Jen and like aspired to be like Jen. So I think you'll see some commonalities with her and Jen and then some big differences too. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I really liked seeing everybody get together at Heather's brunch in the first episode. It was fun. So did you know that Mary was going to be in the mix this year? I had no idea. (laughs) I had no idea. I think you and Whitney uh, missed the heads up on that one. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't get a heads up on that one. I had no idea. But um, it was good to see Mary. Like, I mean, the last time I heard from Mary was a bunch of text messages that were like chapters. I I wrote down, so... (laughs) This this text that you read from Mary is honestly really poetic. You could say, <laughs> biggest liar in Utah. You kill people with your nasty tequila. You remind me of a witch. It, it it's a lot of stuff. Like it's a lot. I didn't I mean, feel we're like, all over the board. I didn't feel like you and Mary ever really had, had anything issues no, like that. I didn't, and I think um, you know I was friends with Cameron, and that's how I know Mary is because. I was friends with Cameron. He recommended Mary for the show and they had a very different um, dynamic. And so I am very close with Cameron until he passed. And I think she misinterpreted like relationships and who actually had issues with her and stuff. But I kind of just stayed, you know, on the perimeter. I just said, you know, Mary 
people have had religious trauma with Mary and Mary has her own perspective and beliefs on things. So you can't change that, mm -hmm. you know? So, but I thought we were fine-ish, but then I, <laughs> I've gotten more than one of these kind of text messages. And I just think it's like, you know, is Mary joking or is she jeering? Like you never know. And then she'll apologize. So like she, she actually apologized for the text messages and then redacted the apology. <laughs> like she's like, I take away my apology. I feel like Mary is the kind of person where on any given day, there's just no way to know kind no of way. what you're going to get. No way to know. And I think like even in her, her relationships where they feel like they're closer, like nothing's off limits for Mary. Like she says whatever she's thinking. And, you know, sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's hurtful for others that are on the receiving end. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Mary's Mary, Mary's classic Mary. There's <laughs> like, it's the same. I, know, I was not sure we were ever going to see her again on, on this show. So <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely yeah. along for the ride. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, so I want, I want to talk about you and Meredith a little bit. Mm -hmm. Obviously, over the last couple seasons, there's been a lot of ups and downs for you two. And going into this season, what was your kind of mindset about that friendship? I had zero expectations on the relationship. And I understood that there's been damage on both sides. It wasn't just, I mean, last year, there was a lot of retaliation. So you know, I'm like, are we even yet? Because I I had my hot mic moment because I was hurt. It wasn't to hurt you. It was because I was hurting and venting, which I thought to myself. But <laughs> clearly, it wasn't alone. <laughs> so when she comes to you at the brunch and says, you know, we've had sort of no luck hashing mm -hmm. this out with the group, but I would like to do a one-on-one -on -one kind of thing. What's your gut reaction to that? You miss me, bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that was my gut reaction. Like, well, I'm like, you well, miss me. Well. Yeah, but I also was like, you know, we didn't even try in the group. I felt like it was like, it created more like little posses to gang up on me with. And, you know, like there were really weird relationships that formed out of that hot mic moment. And and to me, I was like, okay, I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to, like, I'm open to it. And, you know, like you'll see like there's, I'm open to like talking to Meredith cause we had history. Like it's not like a friendship that never was, there was or formed out of convenience or circumstances. It was a real friendship. Mm. And um, it was nice that she approached me because I didn't think we could get to that point. I thought we were gonna be like cordial and right, group kind settings. Of keeping your distance. Keeping our distance, cordial and group settings. Because even after my hot mic moment and the apologies, like there was a full retaliation effort. Yeah. on me. And I forgive very easily. Like if someone says they're sorry, I'm move on immediately. Mm -hmm. If you do it again, then I'll remember, but like, <laughs> I'll forgive you if you, you know, ask me for it. And I thought like, at one point we could get to that place of like being like back to like friend, friendly even in San Diego. And then that didn't happen there yet. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, here's another rumor. Like you're trying to make me look like I'm not credible when I am. If you read the document, you'd understand what it's about. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that there was a lot coming into this. And, you know, that was in the back of my mind. But as soon as she said, hey, like, let's have a conversation, I was open to it for yeah. sure. Speaking of rumors, um, it comes up in the first episode. The thing that you said at the reunion last season about ketamine. <laughs> so Meredith... <laughs> I think at the time you said that that was coming from Jen, yes. but Meredith seems to have information suggesting that it came from Whitney. Can you clear up? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I heard Whitney it was involved in that. I rumor. heard it from Jen. And then yes. Whitney said she at the reunion had said she also had heard that from Jen, but I, 
I'm not quite sure how it became like something Whitney is the one that started, but I was like, wait a minute, like where did this really come from? Because like I, when I first saw that, I was like, no, it's from Jen. Like Jen said it to me, but then Meredith believes that the root of the rumor was Ma Whitney. So I'm like, this is so confusing. But for me, for me, it came from Jen. Mm -hmm. Meredith seems to seems to feel like Whitney kind of has her number right now a little bit. Like that's kind of the vibe of getting it's like with the bathtub thing that becoming a big deal and this Not the this rumor it's like it's like Meredith kind of seems to think that Whitney really has it out for her. I mean, I think she does. Like watching it, I think she thinks Whitney really feels this way. I don't. I think Whitney is just being matter of fact, mm. and Meredith is taking it very seriously. Yeah, I mean that, yes. that article about the bathtub. It's like. I mean, was it a little shady? Sure. But also like, it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was so funny. It was so funny. And I'm like, like, and I get what Whitney was saying. Like, I don't, I take a bath to relax. I take a shower to get clean. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is like way out of control. Um, I am so excited for the new season. Before we wrap up, I just want to ask. So last year at BravoCon, the Salt Lake City panel was one of the more uh, fiery, fiery, yes, yes. Um, experiences of the weekend. Based on this season that you filmed, do you think if you had a panel tomorrow, would it be as fiery as the one last year? Or do you feel like people are kind of in a good spot right now? I feel like it's a mix. I feel like we're in a good spot. I feel like people are in a good spot. But yet there's those things that still need to be talked about. And like, we still need to get to the bottom of a few things. Mm -hmm. Maybe not even get to the bottom of a few things. I think we got to the bottom of a few things. I think we need to hold people accountable okay. for a few things. There's... But I think it would be fiery. <laughs> I think like right off the get-go, like it would be fiery. And you've still got a whole season to watch. I mean, you yeah. got to see what everybody said in the, the interviews week after week. I know. Isn't that funny? It's like so... That's the best part. Well, you're back on the on the ride for another time. Yeah, I'm excited. I think I honestly can say this is our best season ever. I know that people were like coming into the season, like what's it going to be like? The dynamics have shifted so much. Like the, you know, the people involved are, have even changed, but it is our best season ever. And I think just when you think you know what's going to happen, you get blindsided and there's something else going on. Well, I'm excited. To, I'm excited to see what happens. And it was I'm crazy living it. <laughs> I'm always glad to have you in the studio, Lisa. Thanks, thanks, for thanks so much. Me. It's so good to see you. Thank you so much, Lisa. And thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to rate, review and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.